we welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. Let's take our Bibles this evening. Go to Hebrews chapter number 11, if you would. Hebrews chapter number 11. And uh, we'll begin reading in verse number 1. Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse number 1. Hebrews chapter 11 is the, the great chapter that encourages God's people to exercise faith. And in it, uh, we have a list of those faithful saints of God uh, who demonstrate for us a life of faith. And they teach us lessons that are needed as we exercise faith. I want to begin reading here in verse number one. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him, for before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And by faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whether he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, and dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one, and of him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in the multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore, innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. 
For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, an heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. I want to speak to you this evening on the subject of faith. Faith. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you that we can approach your word tonight, and we pray that the Holy Spirit, who is our comforter, would be our teacher, that the Lord Jesus would speak to us. I pray that you would stir our hearts, that we might believe you and trust you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible gives us a definition of faith in Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. In other words, it gives us a conception of faith and what it means. Faith is believing God. It is trusting God. And faith that is seen is not faith. Faith is believing in what is not seen. Faith is holding on to hope. In verse number one, the Bible said faith is the substance of things hoped for. We hope to be with God in heaven. He has made a promise that we can be with him. The substance of that promise is faith, believing God, trusting in his promises, holding to them, claiming them. As the word of God spoke uh, here in this chapter, look at verse 13 again. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. They were able to see beyond this world into the next. They saw them. How did they see them? Because God revealed them to us through his word. They saw them and they were persuaded of them. In other words, they believed those promises were true. And they embraced them. They made them their very own. They began to hope in the promises of God and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. You see, we hope for a life beyond this. We hope for a world beyond this. And we recognize that this time on this earth is fleeting and passing. As we used to sing, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasure is laid up somewhere beyond the blue. My treasure is in Him, my relationship with Christ. 
getting to be with him for all eternity. So the substance of things hoped for, that's what faith is. It is the evidence of things not seen. I'm convinced of it. I believe it. Not because someone was able to prove it to me scientifically or some rocket was able to get into heaven and a camera took pictures there. I believe it because God said it. I've embraced it. I've confessed it. It is the evidence of things not seen. Well, he said, by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Well, let's look at that report just for a moment. And he says, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. We have a demonstration of faith. We have a definition in the opening verses, but here in verses 4 through 8, we have a demonstration of it. And we note three ways in which our faith is demonstrated. It is demonstrated, first of all, in our worship. In our worship. Our approach to God. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. This speaks of their worship. It speaks of coming to God and how we come to God. I want you to know that we do not come to God the way that we desire to come to God or the way that we prefer to come to God. We come to God the way God has prescribed for us to come to Him. Adam tried to make fig leaves to cover his nakedness. That wasn't going to do, was it? How did God provide for the covering of his nakedness? The blood uh, of an animal that was slain and the skin that was provided to be the covering. That is a picture for us of this truth that uh, there is no remission of sin without the blood sacrifice. And so Abel brings the sacrifice, the appropriate sacrifice. He brings a lamb to be slain, uh, to, to worship and honor the Lord. What did Cain bring? Well, he brought the fruit of the ground that he had grown. He, he brought unto God what he had produced. But what we produce is not good enough. Cain is a picture then of, of the self-righteousness of a man who thinks he can earn his way or work his way into heaven. And he brings his sacrifice to God and he expects, in fact, he demands that God is going to receive it. But God does not receive it. He does not receive it. But Abel's gift he received. Why? Because Abel was obedient to God. So faith is demonstrated in our worship, the way in which we worship. You say, well, any old way will do. No, any old way will not do. God has prescribed how we are to approach him. He is a holy God. Faith is demonstrated, secondly, in our walk, the way we conduct ourselves and 
the way we live our lives. We read of it in verse 5. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. Before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. We know that the Bible teaches us that Enoch walked with God, and one day he took a little walk with God, and he never came home. God took him. He translated him from this world into the kingdom of God. This speaks of our walk, the way in which we live our lives. We are to walk with God. We are to live by faith. Notice the Bible says he had this testimony that he pleased God. His ways, the way in which he conducted himself, the, the, his self, the way in which he lived his life was pleasing to God because he walked with God. Look in verse 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him. We cannot please God absent of faith. Faith is obeying God. It is believing God. So we approach God in our worship and then in our daily life. We walk with God, and as we do walk according to faith, we please God. Look at verse 6. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he is God, that he, as he revealed himself uh, to the children of Israel, I am. He is the great I am. He is the self-existent holy God. And we must believe that he is. We must believe that He is who He says He is. And therefore, as we believe that, as we make Him the sovereign God of our lives, we know that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. What did Enoch do? He walked with God. He diligently sought after the Lord. He wanted to please God in the way He lived His life. He did not seek to please Himself. That's a characteristic of Western Christianity, to please ourselves. Men should be lovers of their own selves more than lovers of God. But we must seek to please the Lord. We must seek Him. So faith is demonstrated in our worship. It is demonstrated in our walk. And it is demonstrated in verse number 7 in our witness. Our witness by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. So here we're talking about his witness. He condemned the world through his obedience to God. God told Noah there's going to come judgment. Judgment is coming. I want you to know that judgment is coming upon this world. And Noah, having heard the warning, moved with fear and prepared the ark. And the people laughed at him and the people ridiculed him and they mocked him. And for 120 years, Noah preached to them but no one was converted. No one was converted, with the exception of his wife, his three sons, and their wives. 
thanks be unto God for that. We need to get our family to the Lord. We need to get our family to Jesus. But his life condemned the world. When you live with the fear of God and faith in his word, and you live differently than this world, you condemn the world. You don't have to say as much, although we are to proclaim the message of the gospel. We are to communicate the truth of God's word. But just by our very presence, living in faith and obedience to God brings condemnation to the world. Why is Christianity the hated religion? I saw that our government is celebrating Islam. In fact, our president celebrated it and talked about how that uh, it has been a long-standing part of our national heritage. But he would not dare say anything about Christianity and the fact that our nation was built upon the foundation of God's Word by men who knew God and men who loved God, by men who governed according to the principles of God's Word. There's no acknowledgement of that today. Why is that? Because the world will accept any message except the message of Jesus Christ. Because He is the way, the truth, and the life. And He said, the world will hate you because it hated me. So our very presence in this world brings condemnation to the world. You, you buy a piece of property and somebody puts it on Facebook and all of the critics come out of the woodwork. Well, what would you expect them to do? Congratulate us? We're grateful that children are going to receive a Christian education in that place. We're grateful for every soul that's going to be saved in that place. You're not going to hear that. You might hear from a few believers, but that's not the message of the world. No. So the very presence of the church brings condemnation. It brings conviction. It's confrontation of sin and judgment to come. It condemns the world. That ark being built was a testimony of a coming reign, and they didn't like it. It condemned them. Well, so we see that faith is defined and it is demonstrated. But in a practical way, and really this is the essence of what I want to share with you tonight, I, w I want us to see a portrait of faith, portrait of faith, as it is lived out in the life of God's saints, beginning in verse number eight. And I'll just give you three quick thoughts and we'll be done tonight. Notice in verse eight, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and he went out, notice this please, not knowing whither he went. Can I say this to you tonight? Faith is trusting God for the unknown. Faith is trusting God for the unknown. God 
called Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, it was not his land. It was not his place. It was occupied by other people. In fact, he didn't even know where he was going. But God called him. God called him. Called him out of Ur of the Chaldees. And he said, I'm going to take you into a land that I will tell thee of. I'll show it to you. And uh, I will settle you in that land. You will occupy it. It will become your land. It will be your inheritance. And when Abraham received the call, the Bible says in verse 8, he obeyed and went out not knowing whither he went. What is faith? Faith is trusting God for the unknown. What has God called us to? He's called us to himself. He's called us to a life of faith. And faith is uncomfortable. Faith requires that we step out into the unknown with all of its uncertainties and all of the fears that accompany that. We are stepping into the unknown. As Peter said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And the Lord led him. Verse 9, by faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, dwelling in tents. The heirs with him of the same promise, for he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Ultimately, what was he looking for? He was looking for that city in heaven. That city that is built foursquare. That was the city. But God said, I'm going, to, I'm going to bring you into Canaan. And there I'm going to make a great nation of you. Faith is trusting God for the unknown. I was talking to my son today, and uh, he asked me, he said, Dad, when you left UPS, why didn't you just go part-time with UPS? It's been a long time since I thought about that. I wanted to go part-time with UPS, but UPS would not allow you to go part-time. If you were a full-time driver, uh, you, you could not go part-time in those days. And I was leaving my full-time position. I was going to go to the Crown Seminary and uh, get Bible training and prepare for the ministry, as God had called me. I was 30 years old. I had a wife and two children. We had a house payment and a car payment and another car payment. And we had tried to calculate how in the world were we going to afford all of this. And uh, the calculations did not, did not look very promising. And uh, God said, this is what I'm calling you to do. And I thought, well, it would be nice if I could stay at UPS and I would have my insurance and, and uh, I would have, you know, some measure of comfort here. But I couldn't do it. I had to leave. Within months, uh, UPS and the Teamsters decided to renegotiate and allow full-time drivers to do part-time positions. Change their shifts. Would have worked wonderfully, humanly speaking. 
And I said to Chandler, I said, God knew that I didn't need to trust in UPS because that's exactly what I would have done. I would have tried to hedge my bets and protect myself, you know, from uh, having to step out and just totally trust God. I'm God. I'm glad God made it work that way. Can I tell you that God was faithful? I am here tonight, aren't I? We didn't miss a house payment. We didn't miss a car payment. I looked at the W-2 from the previous year, and I looked at the W-2 from that year that I left my job and went into what I had no idea I was leaving into. I ended up getting a job working for a man in the church for a few months, and then I got a part-time job with Fed, Federal Express. Imagine that, a UPS driver goes to work for Federal Express. I did not enjoy working at that company. It's hard when you work for the best to settle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, still the best. And um, and I got a job working for a guy who had a cleaning business, and I was buffing floors in the grocery stores at night, working at FedEx, buffing floors, going to class. God took care of us. God took care of us. Faith is trusting God for the unknown. I didn't know if I would have a job after I finished school, but the pastor offered me a job. He felt sorry for my wife and children. And he offered me a job. And uh, I began to work at the Temple Baptist Church. I, I didn't know exactly what I was going to be doing. I don't think he did either. But God worked and eventually allowed me to learn the ropes and and I hope I was a help and a blessing while I was there. And then God stirred my nest and I ended up in Hickory, North Carolina. And uh, there was the unknown, right? You see, faith is trusting God for the unknown. What if I hadn't left my job? What if I did not lose a leave Knoxville? What if I had quit on the days when I was tempted to quit? Faith is trusting God for the unknown. Let me give you a second thought. Faith is trusting God to do the impossible. Faith is trusting God to do the impossible. Verse 11, through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was, would you say the next two words with me? What are they? Past age. When she was too old. When it was physically impossible for her to have a baby. When her womb was dead, she was past age. Can I tell you, it's never too late to put your faith in God. What happened to her? 
she received strength to conceive seed and delivered of a child. Well, how'd that happen? Because she judged him faithful who had promised. Now, when Abraham came back from work or from his retirement party, she was 65, and he said, God has called us to go to her of the Chaldees or out of her of the Chaldees. And so I canceled the country club membership, and I canceled our vacation, and I told the RV dealer, I'm not going to bring the first payment. We're going to, well, I don't know where we're going. And God said, we're going to have a, a baby. He told a 65-year-old woman that. For 25 years, there would be no baby. It was beyond hopeless, this case. It was beyond impossible. God specializes in that, doesn't he? You remember when he showed up at the tomb and Lazarus said, Lord, uh, Lazarus, no, Lazarus wasn't saying anything. Martha said, Lord, by this time he what? He's decayed and he stinks. His flesh is being consumed. You wouldn't want to bring him back to life. He stinks. It's too late. It's too late. Look at verse 12. Therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead. So many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. When that baby came forth from that womb, do you know who came with him? Untold millions including the Son of God. Faith is trusting God to do the impossible. I just don't see how it can be done, Pastor. I just don't see how we're going to make it. I don't see a path forward. Faith is trusting God for the unknown. And faith is trusting God to do the impossible. Well, I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to get some rich people. If you're going to, if you're going to go over here and build this building, you, you better have some multi-millionaires. You've got to have some heavy hitters. Really? We've got the heaviest hitter of all. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He'll take care of it. I don't lose sleep over it. If I do start to lose sleep over it, then just remind me it's in God's hands, will you? My wife does that from time to time. She helps me. Let me give you a third thought. Look in verse 17. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. Can, can, you, can you say that again? By faith Abraham, when he was tried, when it was time for him to put his faith to the test, God brings us to opportunities and moments to put our faith to the test. Could this be one of those moments? Absolutely. 
by faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. Here's a man that was a hundred years old when he finally had a son. The son of promise. He had had a son previous to that when he was about 87. Ishmael. But that wasn't the son of promise. That was the work of the flesh. But God had made a promise to him. You're going to have a son. You and Sarah are going to have a son. I think about when uh, I think it was Judah who appealed to Joseph, not knowing who he was, when Joseph was serving Pharaoh and Judah had come back and David, David, Joseph, Joseph had put the cup in Benjamin's packet and they returned and found the cup in Benjamin's packet. Hey, you remember what Judah said? He said, my, my father, his life is bound up in the boy. If I don't take this boy home, it's going to kill my father. His life is bound up in this boy. He loves this boy. This boy means more than anything on the face of this earth to this man. That's the way Abraham felt about Isaac. And the Bible says that when Abraham was tried, he offered up Isaac. He built the altar. He placed Isaac on the altar. He tied his hands and feet. He took his knife and was ready to shed the boy's blood in obedience to God's command. Offer up your son, your only son. I cannot imagine the emotion of that moment. The heavy, heavy burden Abraham carried as he walked up that mountain with that boy, asking those questions, where's the lamb? And he raises the knife, and God stops him. God stops him. You see, faith is trusting God to give him my all. Faith is trusting God to give him my all, my everything. That boy represented Abraham's all, his hopes, his dreams, his affections. His own salvation was tied up in that boy because the promise of the Messiah was coming through that boy. You see, if we trust God, if we believe God, then we'll believe Him enough to give Him our all. 
And when we give him our all, what do we find? That God supplies for the need. Abraham, stop. And uh, Abraham hears a noise. And he looks over. And what does he find? A ram caught in a thicket. What does that ram represent? The Son of God who came and died in our place got caught in a thicket, the thicket of our iniquity, the thicket of our sin. And he gave his life for us. And Abraham called the Lord that day, Jehovah Jireh, God my provider. Faith is trusting God to give him my all and knowing that I can't outgive him. Give and it shall be, what is it? given unto you. Prove me now and see if I will open the windows of heaven and pour out a sacrifice and there, uh, uh, pour out a blessing and there will not be room enough to receive it. Is that what God said? So what does faith look like? Faith is trusting God for the unknown. Faith is trusting God to do the impossible. And faith is trusting God to give him my all. Let's pray together. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used his word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church, opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you, and thank you once again for listening.